It is good to see all of you out this morning. We're glad that you're here with us. Um, we got a little behind on our series because I was sick one week and Kirk had to fill in for me and I do appreciate him doing that. I know that was kind of last minute, but I heard you did a good job. <laughs> uh, but then uh, last week we weren't able to get here because of all the flooding, so uh, we canceled our morning services and uh, just had our evening services, so I continued our evening theme for that. So this is the third lesson in our series on being more like Jesus. And certainly we do want to be more like Jesus. And today's lesson is on the servanthood of Jesus. We see in Jesus' life, we see it in his teachings, that Jesus was a servant. First of all, of, of his own father God. And then second of all, to man. And we see in his life how we are to be servants as well. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That's from John 1, verses 1 through 5. In this passage, we understand that Jesus was deity. His home was in heaven with God. He, he was with God from the beginning. But despite who he was, we understand also that Jesus came to earth to live among men, to die for mankind. And we might ask the question, why? Why would he do that? Why would he die for people like us? I think the only answer that we can really give is what we find in John 3.16 for God. So loved the world. Because God loved the world. Because Jesus loved us. He was willing to die for us. He, he came in humility. He came to serve. Rather than to be served. And whenever we look at the apostles. I, I think we understand that often they had this idea. They had this, this thought that. That, that he was going to conquer the world in some way or another. Whenever people were looking for the Messiah to come, they were looking for a conqueror. Like all the other kings who had come before them. We look even in the Old Testament at all the nations and we see that, that they, they were conquered by someone. That's how they ruled. We have these kings and in power because they conquered a nation or several nations. Even Israel was overpowered by the power of Babylon and, and others. So that's the kind of king that people were looking for. But Jesus didn't come like people thought he would. He came to serve others. Something that we read of in no other king, really. Even his death on the cross 
was a service to mankind. Now, Jesus not only came as a servant, but he also taught his disciples to be servants. In all things related to Jesus, we learn the importance of Christian service. And we need to learn from those teachings. We need to learn from his example how we are to serve. So those are our lesson objectives. To learn from Jesus' teachings on servanthood. To learn servanthood from Jesus' example. To work on becoming the servants that God wants us to be. We begin with the teachings of Christ. One of the most basic principles of Christianity is serving God. That's where we begin. We begin by serving God. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is literally defined as riches, wealth. We cannot serve God and riches at the same time. We serve either one or the other, but, but we don't serve both. And so it's important for us to, to not look to our own selves, not to, to look at our own pleasures or our own desires, but to look to God and make sure that we're doing what pleases Him. That's why we're here today is to please God. Being tempted, Jesus said to Satan in Matthew 4 and verse 10, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only you shall serve. Now in serving God, that also brings us to serving others, and we'll get into that in a moment. But we see that, that our primary concern in life is serving God. We want to serve God. Jesus taught his followers the importance of serving God. We understand from, from the Sermon on the Mount that, that our eternity depends on our service to God to some degree. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Matthew 7 and verse 21. So if we're going to enter into the kingdom of heaven, then it means that we must do the will of the Father who is in heaven. But how do we determine the will of the Father? Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If we seek the will of God... If we seek it in the right place, we can't go to the writings of man or the teachings of man alone. We have to go to God's Word. Sometimes the writings of others will, will help us or the teachings of others will help us to understand the will of God, but we must go to God's Word. 
to make sure that they are going to God's Word as well. But when we seek the will of God, it is promised to us that we will find it. We need to know it. We need to do it. Though Jesus Himself did not come with the message of Christianity, we understand that, that Jesus and John the Baptist both, they came with the same message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom wasn't firmly established until after Jesus' death. But He did come with a message of repentance for the Jews. And so, even though Jesus didn't come specifically with the message of Christianity Himself, we understand that He put it into the hands of those who followed Him. His apostles. The ones that He had chosen for that very purpose. And they took the word. After Jesus' death, they brought the message of Christianity to the world who needed it. We begin in, in the establishment of the church. And what did Peter say? He was asked, what shall we do? And he replied, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. They were able to become Christians through obedience. Learning who He is and believing, we are led to service in obedience to the gospel. Look at the example for the moment of the Ethiopian eunuch. In Acts chapter 8 and beginning with verse 32. Acts 8 and verse 32. The place in the scripture where he read was this. Uh, speaking of Philip who, who had been sent to the eunuch. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. As a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and asked, or and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? And Philip opened his mouth. And beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. As we read the, the writings of Isaiah and as we get to, to chapter 53, we know this to be what we call a messianic prophecy, a prophecy about Christ. The eunuch didn't know that. And so Philip explained the word more closely for him. And he explained that this was Christ. So beginning at this scripture, where the eunuch was studying, Philip preached Jesus to him. And in verse 36, now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And they stopped there, and that was all he had to do, right? No, that's not what we read. He answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The eunuch confessed his faith to Philip. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. 
And he baptized him. Now why would they do this if, if it wasn't necessary for him to obey? It was. He was led to obedience. He was led to serving God in that regard. And in the same way with the Philippian jailer. We read in Acts 16. And beginning with verse 25, Acts 16 and verse 25, But at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisons had, prisoners had fled. Because what else would they do? The doors had been open. They were gone, right? That's what he supposed. And supposing this, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, saying, Do yourself no harm. We are all here. Then he called for a lot ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and said sirs what must I do to be saved so they said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved you and your household and that was it right you just had to believe now we've got to read the rest of the passage verse 32 then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Why would they do this if it wasn't necessary for them to obey? Verse 34, Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them. And he rejoiced. Having believed in God with all his household, he had reason for rejoicing because he had obeyed the gospel. He was led to serving God, first of all, in obedience. Having seen the power of God firsthand, he believed. And he was baptized. He and his household. He became a servant of God and of his ministers, washing their stripes and feeding them. And what an excellent example of, of serving others, he said also. Now all of the examples that we look at in Scripture have in common that the individuals written about were led to service to God initially in becoming Christians. Every conversion we see follows through into obedience to the gospel and baptism for the remission of sins. Repentance, confession of faith, and baptism. And once they become Christians, we see that they are also led to service and living faithfully. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Paul writes, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Paul is referring to himself and to those with him as servants of Christ. Stewards of the mysteries of God. If we are going to be servants like Paul 
and so many others that we read about in Scripture, if we're going to be servants to God, then we must remain faithful as He was. Disciples of Christ must also serve others. It's not enough that we serve God alone. That should be our primary concern. But in serving God, we learn that God wants us to serve others as well. And so we learn from the teachings of Scripture how to serve others. Jesus' teachings often included messages regarding the treatment of others. Especially fellow brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ. Matthew 7, beginning with verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And of course, that's not saying that, that we have no right to judge in any circumstance. But we need to understand that how we judge is the way that we will be judged. And so we judge with that in mind. We judge with righteous judgment, as we often refer to it. Verse 3, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Make sure that, that whenever we do see a fault in a brother, that we're not missing the fault within ourselves. Be careful of our treatment of others and especially brethren. Matthew 7 and verse 12. Therefore whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them for this is the law and the prophets. We also refer to this as the golden rule. Not doing unto others as they do to you. But do unto others as you would have them to do to you. As you would want them to do to you. And we see that this originates in Scripture. In answering Peter's question regarding the frequency with which one should forgive, in Matthew 18, verse 22, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. In other words, don't count. When you forgive someone, don't count it up and, and think that you get to a certain point where well, I, I've forgiven enough now. Keep forgiving. And, and he goes on to, to share with his disciples the parable of the unforgiving servant. The one who was forgiven of a, a great debt, a debt in which he was unable to in his lifetime pay. He found a fellow servant who owed him a much lesser amount and required it of him and had him punished when he couldn't pay it. And we find that he finds himself in punishment from his master because he was unwilling to forgive. Let us not be like that servant. Let us be forgiving of others. There are other examples and I won't take the time to go through all the teachings of Christ in regard to our treatment of others. But again, I think it's all summed up in, in what Jesus said in Matthew 7 and verse 12. That we should do unto others as we would have them 
to do unto us. And if we truly love our brethren, then we will treat them with the kindness, with the respect, with the love that, that we are to show them from a, a scriptural standpoint. Well, let's look also at the example of Christ. We see in His example how we are to serve. Jesus preparing His disciples for His departure humbled Himself before them washing their feet. And again, He was teaching them how to serve. John 13, beginning with verse 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come, that He should depart from this world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. Verse 2, And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into his, the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And to their credit, none of the apostles that were present, I think, understood what Jesus was doing. But especially Peter in verse 8, Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Being the one to speak up often, Peter spoke up here. And he said that Jesus would never wash his feet. He wouldn't allow him to do that. He wouldn't allow him to stoop so low as to serve him in that way. But Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. So now we see that, that Peter kind of overcorrects here. As we get into John 13 and verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, you were not all clean. Verse 12, So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who, who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus was teaching them how to serve, and especially how to serve one another. Not only did Jesus teach them with His words, but also with His actions. We learn how to serve others by observing 
how Jesus served others. We begin by looking at his miracles of healing. In Matthew chapter 8, following the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus cleansed the leper, healed the centurion's servant, and Peter's mother-in-law. And in Matthew chapter 8, in verses 16 and 17, we read, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word, and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Jesus served them by meeting the needs for which they could not themselves supply. Now we are not able to perform miracles as Jesus did in those days. But we are able to meet the needs of others. And we need to do that. As Christians and especially as to our fellow brethren, we need to meet their needs when we find the opportunity. Jesus was able to feed thousands with a small amount of bread and fish. Read in John 6 and verses 10 through 13. Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. And in verse 11, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. They were in need of food. Jesus had compassion on them. And so we should have compassion when we look at the needs of others. Mark chapter 8 verses 4 through 10. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. He took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to, the, to, the, to his disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said, he said to set them also before them. So they ate and were filled. And they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about four thousand. And he sent them away, immediately got into the boat with his, with his disciples and came to the region of Dalmanutha. These are different instances. One was a feeding of 5,000, one was a feeding of 4,000, but again, he had compassion. And so we learn service from Jesus. And just from a personal standpoint, it's not enough just to notice the needs of others. We need to look for the needs of others. Sometimes others don't know what they need. Uh, We've been studying depression in one of our school uh, preaching classes. And and one of the things that that we have talked about is that often whenever someone is grieving, you know, we have a tendency to say, if you need anything, let me know. But most of the time, they don't know what they need. So maybe we need to to ask if they need certain things and supply them accordingly. But we need to be servants of others. 
And certainly we see that in Jesus. Jesus warned of the impending doom of those who refused faithfulness. Matthew 7 and verses 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Matthew 24 verses 36 through 42. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Watch therefore, verse 42, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. It is important for us to choose the way of God. Not the easy way, but the way of God. The more difficult way on many occasions, in many ways. We know that Jesus is coming. And it's important for us to be ready. And it's important for us to be servants in this life. We can't wait until our, our later years because they may never be. We need to serve Him now as we have opportunity and as we have ability to do so. Jesus comforted and prepared His disciples for his departure from them. John 14 and beginning with verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way? And in verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus gave them a promise that he was to be with them whatever they may face on this earth. And He will be with us in the same way. One of the things that He did in, in, in rounding out His time with His disciples, He told them, you go into all the world. And that's what we are to do. We are to go into all the world teaching the gospel to every creature. We are to serve God by serving others by teaching them the gospel. Jesus' example of service on earth concluded with his death on the cross. And again, we think of verses such as John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
He served mankind. We understand that, that Jesus is unwilling, that God is unwilling, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter 3 and verse 9. Now today, Jesus serves as the mediator of the covenant between God and man, an intercessor. For this reason, He is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Hebrews 9 and verse 15. First Timothy chapter 2 verses 5 and 6. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Jesus has departed from this earth. We understand that He continues to serve. He continues to serve a, a very important role as the mediator of, of the covenant, as the mediator between us and God. But we only know that service if we are faithful Christians. Are you a, a soldier of the cross? Have you obeyed the gospel? We understand that service begins in obedience. And it's important that we are obedient unto God. In faith, hearing, believing, repenting, confessing, being baptized for the remission of sin. If you've not done that, we'll be glad to, to help you in that need. Maybe it is that, that you're not a faithful child of God. We understand that, that serving God requires faithfulness. We, we see the example in Paul and others, and we, we see it in Christ. We need to be faithful. If you've not been faithful, if you need to come back, if you need to repent of something that you've done, ask for forgiveness, ask for prayer. If there's some way that we can help you today, we're more than willing to do so. But it's got to be your choice. If you're subject to the Lord's invitation, in whatever way that may be, let us help you. Let's together we stand as we stand.